real talk with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. It's real talk. go here we go on this monday it is the 18th day of april 2022 and real talk memphis is on the air very happy to have you with us if you are with us on the this uh beautiful night earlier today it was cloudy it was cool it was windy and things are blowing but things turned out to be nice here at the end i am your humble host chip washington Very happy to have you with us along for the ride here. And uh, as uh, per usual, we try to uh, present uh, a good product. I think we have a pretty good show for you tonight. And uh, looking forward to talking to our guest about a number of important uh, subjects and topics. I can't get my Facebook Live to work. I don't know what's going on with it. But uh, in any way, I was going to tell you, as uh, we always do, there are many, many, many ways to catch this fine piece of radio broadcasting. But first is uh, we are live right now on 91.7 WYXR on your FM dial. You can also catch us on the TuneIn app. Uh, We are also on the uh, WYXR.org website or uh, what do they call it? Uh, Anyway, app. That's it, the app. And uh, let's see, we are on Facebook Live. If I could get it up on my my phone here. I don't know why I can't get Facebook Live on my phone. Y'all need to help me with that. Uh, but, uh, let's see. And, and then we're on, uh, YouTube, but uh, we'll be posting that a bit later on. And as we are a podcast, uh, after they post the show tomorrow, you can, uh, go out and find us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. How about that? Right. Right. Uh, it's been an interesting day, a lot going on out there. And in case you, uh, may have forgotten it's, it's tax day. Uh, this is the day that you are supposed to file your income tax, uh, Lola and I both uh, uh, discovered that we have asked for extensions. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are going to be doing that uh, because, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just been a weird year, right? So we need a little extra time, especially those of us who owe money. You owe money, man. I tell you, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not a good deal. Uh, so that's one thing that you needed to, uh, you know, pay attention to. And uh, a little bit earlier uh, this afternoon or earlier today, a federal judge uh, shot down the uh, public transportation uh, mask mandate. So on any plane, train, or automobile, uh, they had extended it uh, through May 3rd, The they meaning the uh, federal government, the White House, 
But the federal judge said, nope, can't do that. Uh, didn't give folks enough time, getting, getting, getting an adequate reason, and it wasn't necessary. So starting tonight or tomorrow, uh, when you get on a bus, a train, or a, an airplane, you don't have to re- wear a mask. So there's no mask mandate for public transportation. So I don't know how we feel about that, but it is what it is on that particular score. So before I get too far uh, ahead of myself, it is usually this time of the program where we salute you. Uh, this, this is the day that you were born or a special occasion, your birthday. You know, we like to shout you out here on the big program. But we can't do that until I say, hit it, Lola. Happy birthday! I need to figure out this, this Facebook Live deal, man, because it's going to be on before people start asking me, where you at, man? Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday goes out to DeVell Boyce Holtz, Dennis Volkholtz, Volskots, rather, a Sulark. Linda Diane is celebrating a birthday, as is Michael A. Manning. Tamara Neal is celebrating today. Happy birthday to Ursula Houston and Veronica Williams and uh, a member of our family. The WYXR radio family celebrated her birthday yesterday. So a big happy belated birthday goes out to Nancy Morrow. Nancy has a show on Mondays too, by the way. Uh, It is, uh, it it talks about plants, horticulture and things like that. You know, you have a nice little little deal going on there and uh, very educational and gives you a lot of good information. So happy birthday to you and uh, Everyone celebrating a birthday. We hope to be here next year uh, about the same time, uh, about the same chair, and about the same station to celebrate another trip around the sun. Thank you, Lola. All right. Some news and notes. And, boy, uh, there's a lot going on. I guess we we uh, should, uh, should start with uh, what the woman was thinking yesterday. What? What? She's gonna, what, was she going to say something? Rest in peace, DJ Hey Slay. Hey Slay. Hey? K hey. Slay. Okay, I got it. Okay, rest in peace. Okay, Lola told me to, to put that one in there. So, rest in peace. Uh, there was a woman who was driving a vehicle coming into Memphis on 55 yesterday afternoon. And by the way, I hope each and every one of you had a wonderful Easter uh, yesterday. It was a nice uh, chance to get with uh, you know, some of your family and friends and enjoy some fellowship. Well, she was driving uh, across the bridge and uh, she had been involved in an accident. Well, when the uh, law enforcement authorities came to tow her off the bridge, they said that her car would have to be impounded. You know, that's how they do, right? You had to, to impound the car and go, because she ran out of gas. And in the, in the process of it, I guess uh, she got hit by a car or, or something happened in reference to that. So when they told her that she had to uh, claim her car today, she said, well, you can't go in my car. You can't enter my car. Well, it was about that time they got close enough to get a contact high off of the 229 pounds of weed she had in her, in her car uh, yesterday. You heard me. 229 pounds of marijuana was uh, discovered as well as over $17,000 in cash. Now, I'll just leave it to you to determine what you think, you know, she was going to do with all of that and what that's all about. But right now, she's uh, 
comfortably ensconced at uh, Jail East uh, here in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, <clears throat> in other news, and uh, this is uh, some tough news, we had three mass shootings this weekend. Three. Two of them were in South Carolina. Uh, one in particular, uh, there were 10 people sh- uh, hurt, uh, two young people that were killed uh, at a uh, Pittsburgh house party. Uh, more than 200 underage youth were at this party. And, of course, uh, some type of dispute broke out. Folks started pulling guns and shooting at everybody. Two 17-year-old uh, males were killed uh, in uh, that particular. Uh, folks were jumping out windows. They were doing anything they could to try to escape uh, the onslaught of bullets. Uh, that's still under investigation. Meantime, uh, as I said, this was one of three that happened. Mass shootings over the weekend. Nine people were injured at a club in Hampton County, South Carolina, and 14 people were hurt when gunfire erupted at a South Carolina mall in, in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, this, on top of what happened uh, last week, I think it was, what, Thursday, I think, uh, where the guy in uh, New York City in Brooklyn decided to get on the subway, 63 years old, this guy, uh, opened up some uh, smoke uh, canisters and then pulled out a gun and started shooting at people. Uh, fortunately, very fortunately, no one was injured uh, in that. He turned himself in the next day. Actually, he was uh, walking up and down the street. He decided to, uh, when he got to a phone, he decided to uh, uh, call the police and say, I think y'all are looking for me. And uh, <laughs> he decided that, uh, well, yeah, they're looking for him. And so come pick me up at so-and-so and so-and-so. So they picked him up in front of a convenience store. So anyway, he's in jail, no bond. Uh, he has not pled uh, to that case. Uh, the aftermath of the shooting that we had here, uh, we had the shooting at uh, Beale Street about a week or so ago, a triple shooting where a young man was uh, was killed. Uh, he, uh, so now the family of the young man, he's 26 years old, by the way, uh, the individual in question. Uh, and uh, so the uh, Memphis Downtown Commission decided that they were going to uh, put back or reenact the $5 entrance fee to Beale Street, which is a public street. Uh, but they decided to uh, revive the $5 admittance fee. And that goes from 9 p.m. to 5, I'm sorry, 9 p.m. to 3 a.m. 9 o'clock, from 9 o'clock on to 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, you will have to pay admission to get into Beale Street. Now, uh, what happens if I decide I want to get there before 9 o'clock? I don't have to pay until 9 o'clock, right? We'll just hang out, hang around or whatever. They are going to wand you. That is their way of, I guess, uh, uh, showing some security in terms of that, right? Um, they're going to wand you, and they're going to make you pay at the same time. Uh, meanwhile, the family of the uh, young man uh, who was uh, killed when, I guess, two groups of folks started shooting uh, wants answers. From the district attorney, they want to know exactly what happened. Um, who, who shot him? Who, who killed the kid? Who, who killed this young man? His name was, uh, let me see here, 26-year-old Taquan Smith. I mean, hold on just a second. Let me see if I can find the guy's name here. Uh, in any event, uh, he was uh, shot and killed. But the family wants to know who did it. Who did it? You know, did the police shoot him? Did he get shot by somebody else? I think they had one person arrested, but no charges have been filed. The family has retained an attorney, uh, so they want answers. So stay tuned, and we will see how uh, all that uh, all that shakes out. Meantime, 
Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies played on Saturday. They did lose the game. But uh, apparently sometime after the game, early evening, a member of the Timberwolves traveling party was robbed uh, uh, late Saturday afternoon, early evening. Uh, and that happened uh, a day earlier. Well, at a, a person was robbed at gunpoint, not gunpoint, knife point rather, uh, on Beale Street on Saturday night. So, you know, it's still getting crazy out here. There's still stuff going on. It's still messy. Uh, crime is uh, infecting areas that we never thought, you know, at one point in time would happen. But it is, it's like a, it's like a virus. It's like this COVID thing. It's like it's everywhere. And as I say all the time, there is no uh, determination as to who shoots who. I mean, whether it's a child, you know, whether it's a woman, whether it's a, a grown person, whether it's, a, you know, an adult, you know, whoever, however. The violence has escalated to an all-time high, and it has really become rather a troubling uh, incident. Let's uh, shift gears and go to back to uh, Mason, Tennessee. You remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about Mason, Tennessee, little town, uh, just up to the north of here, uh, who was dealing with some financial issues. The town was in major debt. I mean, two, $300,000 in debt. And the comptroller of the state of Tennessee wanted to take over their finances because they weren't doing enough to, to make that happen. Well, uh, the uh, town went to court uh, to try to sue uh, to keep the state from uh, handling their business. They lost. So the comptroller is now uh, officially in charge of helping to get their finances in track. The current administration in Mason, Tennessee, uh, which is black, says that this was going on way before we got here. This was happening way before, you know, this debt problem that we were dealing with happened way before us. Well, it's on you now, and uh, hopefully they're going to work out a plan to be able to pay the debt. Now, that is just down the road from where the big Ford plant is uh, going to be built. So, you know, you want to be able to get all the benefits out of that that you can. Uh, let's see here. Early voting uh, is uh, underway. And now, you know, this is the time of year where folks like to complain about stuff, uh, you know, you know, about, you know, black folks endorsing white folks and other folks and politi politicians endorsing this for that and stuff like that. Just vote. If you don't like the status quo, if you don't like the way things are, if you don't like the way things are being handled right now in particular, vote. You know, because so, a lot of folks just, you know, sit back on the sidelines and they want to make comments on social media like this, like Facebook, and start going back and forth with each other. You know, I guess I should ask the question, did you vote? If you haven't voted yet or don't plan on voting at all, keep your mouth shut. Stop talking. So, you know, you talk at the polls. You don't talk. On, on these sites because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. As I said earlier, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies dropped game one of their series with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I'll tell you right now, uh, a lot of the pundits were very shocked uh, that Minnesota won that game because they thought the Grizzlies were a lot better and uh, that they should have won. Well, wake up call time. Tomorrow night, the game is at uh, 730 at FedEx Forum. Go out there and root for the Grizzlies. I think you're going to see some better performances. Uh, Jared Jackson in particular, uh, he said today that he was going to do a lot better than he did on a Saturday afternoon. Josh scored 30 points. He always scores 30 points. Uh, but they got outplayed as a team. You can't play one on five. You got to play five on five. And uh, before I go to break, uh, let's keep Ukraine in our thoughts. Um, they're 
still going through hell over there. They really are. This war is real with Russia. So let us keep them in our thoughts and our prayers. We're going to take a first, uh, our first break. And by the way, I didn't run down the uh, guest list, uh, but uh, there's a lot of folks. Uh, uh, well, there's a, there's a few folks on the show. I'm saying there's a lot of folks watching us right now. I'll fix the Facebook Live in a commercial break. But uh, Dr. Steve Threlkeld is going to join me, a frequent guest of the show, especially during the heat of COVID. He's going to talk about the latest uh, Omicron news. We are also going to talk to Archie Willis III. Uh, he is the founder and president of uh, Comcap Partners. And he's going to talk about a very exciting project in the South Memphis area. Can't wait to talk to him about that. And we're also going to talk uh, about women's health with uh, Sherry Hurd. She is the director of radiology for Methodist South. And we're going to be talking about mammograms. A lot to get to tonight. Glad to have you with us. I'm Chip. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The Orpheum's 2022-2023 Broadway season brings you powerful stories and powerhouse performances. Season packages include all six spectacular shows, the opportunity to add two incredible season options, and exclusive VIP perks. Learn more at orpheum-memphis.com. Memphis Listening Lab proudly supports WYXR. They provide a curated collection of music and music history, a forum for music-related talks and performances, and a music education, appreciation, and experimentation space located in Crosstown Concourse. The lab is open Tuesday through Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can find out more information on their Instagram page at Memphis Listening Lab or on their website at memphislisteninglab.org. Support for WYXR, including our 2022 stereo sessions, comes from Archer Malmo, a Memphis-based marketing, digital, PR, and branding agency. Archer Malmo believes the greatest asset of any creative entity is its people and proudly supports WYXR for lifting up Memphis voices for the world to hear. More at ArcherMalmo.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Very happy to have you with us as uh, are some of the folks on Facebook Live. I don't, I'm still having some issues with this, but I see you folks out there. Janice Chestnut, hello. Johnson Salisbury, Salisbury, hello to you. My brother Michael, 
uh, is watching from Los Angeles, California, Fatima Rice, Denise Moore. Uh, let's see here. I think I said Janet, right? Janet Chestnut and uh, who? who? Judith Palmer, yeah, we got we got a lot of folks out there. Ricky Floyd checking us out. Carlos Hale as well. Thank y'all. Appreciate that. I appreciate my first guest because uh, during the heat of COVID, he was uh, available and you saw him everywhere. I mean, you saw him every day, uh, but he gave us some really valuable information. And I wanted to invite him back because we are starting to see a bit of an increase in a new variant of the Omicron variant called BA2. Pleasure to welcome back to Real Talk Memphis, Dr. Steve Threlkeld. Dr. Steve, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, Chip. Good to talk to you in a position of relative strength compared to our previous visits. You're not kidding, man. I, I, I tell you what, it, it, it really, when I, when, I, when I see where we are now versus where we were then, it really is a miracle. And having a lot of conversations with you during the heat of all of that, you know, you lost uh, patients and friends and a lot of us, you know, did. You know, it, it was a pretty tough time. Things have quieted down. But it seems as if uh, this new variant, BA2, is starting to heat back up a little bit in a few parts of the country. Talk about that. Yeah, it's interesting. It never stops being complicated about what we should do individually. It's always because you want to do the safest thing possible. The BA2 uh, is yet more contagious than all the ones before. Um, and it is sort of a variant, as you say, of the BA1 uh, Omicron. It's very contagious, but doesn't appear to be having an increased linked uh, hospitalization risk. So those places in Europe, then the East Coast, and then now here, we're seeing the, the cases ramp up. No question, I'm getting a lot more phone calls. There are some events that people have had where several people got at those sort of, sort of mini super spreader events. But all across the world, it's not really been tied to an increase in hospitalizations at this point. And that's the one uh, one thing we've got going for us that we hope will make this uh, a better situation. And interestingly, we had more BA1 here because of not as many people being vaccinated. So there may be a little more immunity to this in our community than there is in some other places. So we may, we hope, just have the timing right on that and get fewer cases and a, long, a shorter peak than we might have otherwise. I was going to ask you, do you think, I mean, because, you know, you, every, you hear it, you know, again, it, it's starting to creep up. Uh, we're, I think, I think I read or heard 21 states, uh, you know, have cases right now. We are not one of those states that do have cases. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to read this, isn't it? I mean, the, the, the mandates have gone. People are basically back to their normal way of life. I said earlier in the show uh, that the, uh, the federal judge shot down the uh, mass mandate for public transportation. So what's your take on where we're going here? Well, it's tough. I mean, I think we have long since moved into the uh, we need to protect those people who are most vulnerable, those immunosuppressed people. And it comes down to should I wear a mask and should I get a vaccine booster? Those are the two big questions yeah. that people ask. Yeah. You know, I think they both come down to how vulnerable you are, your age, your underlying medical problems. And are you a healthcare worker? Are you around such people? Do you have loved ones live with such people? Those people need to be a little more careful. And not to mention the big wild card in all this, and that is that the vaccines are great at protecting from hospitalization and death, but their protection against mild infection only lasts for a little while. That said, do we really want to get this infection at all? Every time we peel back a layer of the onion, we find that it uh, may increase your chance of diabetes, all manner of vascular clot, heart diseases, probably best to just avoid the thing altogether. So doing sensible stuff has not yet gone out of style, in my opinion. So we still have, I'm sorry, I'm hearing echoes here, and I think it's my phone. There we go. I think we're good now. Um, so we're talking to Dr. Steve Threlkel. He is an infectious uh, disease specialist, the Baptist uh, Medical Group. 
talking about this uh, this new variant and of course the second booster that they're talking about because I guess is what is it four four to six months after you get got your last shot I mean and 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 like you say I guess it all depends on what category you're in but it's 50 and older am I correct it's approved for 50 and older. Uh, Dr. Ja, who used to be at Brown University, is now on, uh, on President Biden's team. Right. I think did a pretty good job over the weekend. He's a pretty clear guy, explains things well. And he pointed out that if uh, it's approved for over 50, but the new Israeli data point out that if you're over 60, that's where you really see the, the better benefit, the best benefit. It actually pretends, protects against death and more severe disease in those folks, particularly if they haven't been boosted already. And a lot of people were not boosted especially well after they got the first two shots. So yes, that 50 to 59 group is a little more of a gray area. Certainly, if you're immunosuppressed and the like, you should do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, as you and I have talked in the past, and and a lot of folks talked, you know, we, we're just over it now, you know. But it's it's really weird because it, this has been a two-year journey, uh, and and I mean, and and there's been so much pain and so much loss associated with it. And I got to be honest with you, um, even today, I still get a little nervous in going into facilities like gyms, like, you know, when I go to work out or even church where they started to pull back some of the restrictions. And I, I sent a note to my pastor. I said, you know what? I'm a little I felt a little funny having folks sit as close to me as as, as they were. And it's just, it's, it's just that, you know, I don't know where is the line. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a very difficult line to balance. Am I correct in that? There's no question. It depends on who you are, who you live with, what your situation is, where you work. There are a lot of variants, and that's why those middle groups, that 50 to 59 group, it's probably best to check with your doctor or healthcare provider to see where you fit in getting. I, I took a, uh, a plane last week, and I, it didn't hurt my feelings to have a mask on crowded with people around you because, exactly. as I say, it, it's probably not a good virus to get. And if we find that there's a huge increase in diabetes and vascular disease, five years from now, this could have an impact that we don't really fully grasp yet, honestly. That's very, that's very, very interesting. So um, the metrics, most of the metrics as to, I guess, how, how serious or difficult these, uh, these variants are, uh, as you mentioned earlier, are hospitalizations and deaths. And we've not seen a lot of that. Now, now, now this is what you do on a, on a daily basis. Uh, you, you told me off, off air that we were, you were starting to get some calls about this BA2, but it really hasn't taking a hold here. I mean, the seven-day average is still under 30 cases a day. So, I mean, we're still pretty low. Yeah, and there's something to think about that. It's a little bit of a caveat because most cases aren't being uh, aren't even being reported now. Most yeah. are home tests, and those people don't bother to call the health department until they're positive. We also have a very, very high rate of hospital beds per capita in this area. Mm -hmm. So we will be artificially green on some of those parameters because that's a big factor, and we look better than most other cities in the country just because of how many beds we have. We're not going to have as high a percentage as some other cities are. So there's some caveats in those data, but that's not to say that we're not a lot better off today than we have been at any time in the recent past in this pandemic. Uh, as a forward thinking uh, uh, man, I, I know you look down the road to see, you know, not necessarily what's here, but but what what's next. So, you know, as you, as you start to forecast down a few months, we're in the spring now. And of course, allergies are, are, are a big deal for everybody. It's a bad allergy season. I have terrible sinus problems. But as we get down into the latter parts of the year, Anything in particular you're looking at that uh, you may bear watching uh, as, as time moves along? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, with the caveat that we've been awful at predicting things from top to bottom <laughs> on this thing, I, mean, I think that the caveat is that as people hear, um, you know, it depends on they get more inside again in the fall, that's going to be the time when new variants, it's really what the virus throws at us. We've been lucky sort of with BA2 right now. There's no reason plus or minus that it might not throw a worse variant at us in the fall. We just need to be able to go back to measures that to protect ourselves if we need them. We hope we don't. But we'd be foolish not to be prepared for this or something else that comes down the pike later on. We've seen now what it can do to us. I saw a a, a story about uh, an inhaler. Uh, I think something that that you blow into that that detects that detects that particularly detects uh, you know a a COVID variant. Are, you know, are you up on that a little bit? Well, there are all kind of tests out there yeah. that, are, that are being developed. Some you know some saliva. There's breath tests that they're working on. So we hope that the troubles we've been through now will lead to a lot of technologies. We're seeing, and there's a brand new drug that's just, uh, that, that's being studied right now that actually has a lot of links to Memphis, a sabizabulin it's called, and it's another oral medication that works against the virus and against that inflammation that attacks our lungs. The study was so effective that they had to stop it early because it was uh, unethical to continue the trial. Oh. So they'll be applying for that drug. So we have things coming down the pike that we hope will help us in the uh, in the uh, event that this comes back at us with more problems later on. Wow. Well, listen, man, uh, uh, thank you, as always, for coming on the show and kind of laying it out for us. Uh, you know, I know that, that, that the COVID conversation is not something that's real popular <laughs> with a lot of folks out here these days. But it's information that we need and it's information that we can use. And I'm very happy uh, to have you and, as a guest. And if something breaks out between now and God knows when, uh, you know, let's uh, let's reconvene and do it all over again. What do you think? Always good to see you, Chip. Thanks. Take care. Have a good night, my friend. Take care. You too. Dr. Steve Threlkel, ladies and gentlemen, uh, kind of giving us the latest and greatest on uh, this um, BA2, which is another version of Omicron. We're going to take uh, another a break. And when we come back, we're going to devote this next segment to ladies' health. And uh, we're going to talk about mammograms. You know, and I, I think I heard or read somewhere uh, that, um, you know, we all know that they're very important screening processes in terms of breast cancer. But also, it's a little troubling that the numbers of uh, folks uh, getting those type of examinations is down. So we're going to talk to an expert about that. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. This is Will Goodwin, co-founder at Crosstown Brewing Company. Just like WYXR, Crosstown Brewing supports Memphis music and our neighbors who use their talents to make it. Our beers can be found at our 3,000-square-foot taproom right here at the Crosstown Concourse and at your favorite bars, restaurants, and stores throughout Tennessee, Mississippi, and eastern Arkansas. Enjoy.
The River Series is back with three shows this spring, benefiting the Maria Montessori School. It starts April 30th with Greg Cartwright's Welkstall and Aquarium Blood. March 14th, it's Jeremy and the Drip Edges with Tim Prudhomme's Fake. And we'll wrap up the series on June 4th with Mouse Rocket and Ibex Clone. More information and tickets at riverseries.org. Brought to you by Crosstown Concourse, offering brand new musical experiences like concerts, live score film screenings, record release parties, weekly music pop-ups, and so much more. For more information, visit crosstownconcourse.com slash visit. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis, where it is the place to talk. Very happy to have you with us along for the ride on this Monday. Judas C. Farmer, I hadn't seen you in quite some time. Good to see you, uh, Janet and uh, Judith. And Michael Harris is checking us out. What's going on, Michael Harris? Good to see you. Sarah Gum is watching as well. Now, uh, there were a lot of folks that were checking me out earlier when I was doing this live thing, but I wasn't on the Facebook Live a feed as I am now. So I'm hoping that you're out there. If you are, say hi, say something, say anything. <laughs> in the meantime, we're going to say a few things as we move forward uh, in the broadcast. And as I said in the tease, uh, women's health is uh, very important and one of the most important uh, examinations you can do for yourself and your health is mammograms. And we're going to talk a little bit about that right now with Sherry Hurd. She is the radiology director at Methodist South, and Sherry, welcome to Real Talk Memphis. Glad to have you. Thank you, Chip. Hi. Hi. Hello. I, <laughs> my name is Sherry Hurd. I have been with the Methodist organization. It will be 22 years in December of this year. Well, look at you. Um, okay. <laughs> I um, I encompass a lot of areas here in radiology to include mammograms, um, X-ray, CT, MRI, NUCMED. It's a lot of things that I cover, but specifically today we're going to talk about mammography. Okay, very good. So, um, you know, obviously that is uh, key uh, in detecting breast cancer. And uh, do you have numbers? I, and I know that it, it's it, it's in the thousands of of of, of women, uh, you know, who may be diagnosed with breast cancer each and every year. It's obviously a you know a, a very big problem. Um, but I'm also to understand that the numbers of women getting these examinations has dropped. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so of course with the pandemic, we saw a lot of the visits here um, or with our women getting their screenings drop tremendously because of the pandemic. However, I will proudly say that we're starting to see those numbers trend back up because we're starting to become more open out in society um, with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But I will like to share some numbers with you. Sure. Just to kind of put it in the surface of what we're doing. The first thing I'd like to say is that we're April is the National Minority and Disparities Health Month, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. And so earlier this year, I was doing a little research with the Breast Cancer Research Foundation. They have a blog, and on their monthly blog, they stated that more than 290,000 new cases of invasive breast cancer will oh. be diagnosed in women in the United States this year. 
290,000 new cases of breast cancer? Yeah, new cases of invasive breast cancer. Um, that's really strong. Yes, yeah. 290,000 uh-huh. in the United States of our women. Wow. And I will just say the great thing about that, I know that's a huge number, but let's just keep this in mind. We have some ways to go, but we are um, making strides. Um, there have been a overall 42% decline in breast cancer deaths over the last 30 years because we are really pumping the education of screening mammographies. Um, screening mammographies is early detection, early treatment equals saving lives. That's what we say each and every time with screening mammographies. Um, but there's still a gap. There's a mortality gap in our uh, women, especially in our African-American community. And so we really like to push the fact of letting our ladies know that it's important to get those screenings. So let's jump back. Let's jump back to what you just said. There is a gap, you said, especially in the minority communities. Why is that? What do you see to be the reason for that? Well, there's a lot of miseducation out there, Chip. Um, A lot of women feel that um, they're too young to start examining themselves. And particularly, I won't say screenings because the average age of a screen is 40. And that's what you call a minimum risk patient. Uh, minimum risk patients are patients that do not have strong family history of breast cancer. Um, there's no BRCA genetics that's involved. Um, so there's a list of things that their primary care physician can discuss with them to determine if they're an average risk patient for to get their screenings. However, mm-hmm. We highly encourage our ladies to start getting their clinical examinations at the age of 25. And what that means is when you go in to get your annual checkups, your primary care physician performs a clinical um, examination on your breast. Okay. And a lot of ladies don't know that. So we're finding that education is one of the education biggest is key. problems. Education yes. is key. So, yes. so before we move on, by the way, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Cherie Hurd. She is the radiology director at Methodist South. And we're talking about the mammograms and, and, and women's health. Uh, but before we move on, Cherie, I did, I, one of my uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook Live followers, Janet Chestnut, uh, said that I am so glad that you are on, Ms. Hurd. She said she is a 12-year breast cancer survivor, and she is also a volunteer with the American Cancer Society. So again, promoting and encouraging women and men uh, to get yes. to, to get mammograms is extraordinarily important. So when you when you hear something like that, uh, that's got to make you feel pretty good, I would imagine, in terms of yes. this research, this yes. research and this testing works. Yes, and I'm happy Miss Janet mentioned men because um, one out of a thousand on average men get breast, they're diagnosed with breast cancer. And the average age of that is between 50 and 60 years old. Wow. Um, the American Cancer Society, which she works with, um, said, said that this year alone, over 2,700 men will be diagnosed with breast cancer. And out of that 2,700 men, 530 of those men are expected to pass away from breast cancer. That is, that's a, that, that's a, that's a stunning statistic that you, just, that you just talked about. And that's something that, as a man, we, we don't hear about that. We've, we hear very little, if, if, if really nothing at all, about that, even in terms of like an annual physical. You know, I take them, you know, an annual physical every year. Um, but that, that, that subject is not even brought up. But let me ask you in reference to that. 
Are there symptoms that go along with it? Let's talk about the men for a quick second. Are there symptoms that can be detected? I mean, that, that as a man, that, that, that you feel like something might not be right that get you in there to take a look? Yeah. Um, if you feel any lumps, if there's any discharges, any swelling, any redness, just anything that's abnormal that you may feel. And, and we highly suggest that women and men do monthly self-examinations at home. We um, There's a recommendation to do those while you're in the shower because the warm water and the soap relaxes the skin mm -hmm. and it kind of gives you an option to really feel what's going on. Um, you can do them standing up in the shower, you can do them standing in the mirror, or you can do them lying down. There's several visual resources out there that you can follow. You can go to YouTube, the American Breast Cancer Society, uh, the Breast Cancer uh, Research and Foundation page has that. Um, any, you can Google it for that instance of how to do the steps, but we highly recommend that you those those self examinations are started on a monthly basis, and we want our men and women to do that. I know we generally talk about breast cancer in our ladies um, in the female population because that's where it's prevalent. Mm -hmm. However, um, we do know that men are diagnosed with breast cancer as well. Well, you know, and before we go, you know, we always we always hear about this as we get into the fall of the year. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and 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 and, and things like that. And and we hear about the numbers, and 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 it's and a lot of it is hereditary. Uh, a lot of uh, folks uh, who may have had a, a a family member, you know, mother or, or someone's sister or someone, uh, you know, have that be diagnosed with that. Um, they go on and get tested and, 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 and find they may have the trait. And sometimes that, that, that leads to very big decisions about, look, we, we don't want to go down this complete and whole, you know, terrible road. And uh, we're talking about, you know, folks taking treatment and, and, and sort of cutting it off before it, it moves forward. We call that the Angelina Jolene phenomenon. <laughs> um, Angelina Jolene, I, I, she did that exact thing. She had double mastectomy. Her mom passed away from cancer. However, it wasn't breast cancer, but she did have the genetic code right. or that gene that showed. Mm -hmm. And she decided that she did not want to go through the treatments. Um, she just, she was afraid. Um, and not to say that she would have acquired, you know, she would have gotten breast cancer, but she just stopped it at the beginning when she found out she had the, the gene, right. uh, genetic from her mother. She decided to have a double mastectomy. Now I'm not saying that women should do that, and that's a conversation that they definitely should have with their doctor, sure. physician. Sure. But that is an option. Mm -hmm. However, that's that's a more personal conversation that they should have with their primary care doctor. A absolutely, that. Well, listen, I, I'm just I'm really happy uh, that you uh, came on the show tonight to give us some really vital uh, and important information, you know, on women's health. And it's not to be taken for granted. Uh, it is to be taken very seriously. And uh, you know, I guess you know the old saying is, if you know better do better uh and i and i'm sure that, that 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 sort of works you know for you as well doesn't it <laughs> yes yeah. um but i i want to highly i know um october is our breast cancer awareness month and we have the susan g coleman we have the sister pack yeah however i'm asking our, our ladies and our men not to wait until october all right yeah uh, we want to get this yearly you know set a day i will share something personal i do all of my examinations on my birthday or the week of so i can remember and i won't forget 
um, when to do those things. And I'm celebrating life another year. So I want to maintain that I'm healthy. Absolutely. And so I would just recommend that each person pick a specific time that's special to them to make sure that they're getting all of their health preventive screenings, um, including mammograms. Sure you heard from the uh, Methodist South uh, Hospital facility. She's the radiology director. Thanks for coming on Real Talk tonight, and uh, I'd love to have you back down the road. I really appreciate the work that you do, and thank you for sharing with us tonight. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, and anytime, Chip, anytime. All right, take good care of yourself. Thank you. You too. All right. Cherie Heard, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and I hope you are listening because that's some very valuable information uh, that all of us need to pay attention to. Very happy to have her on the show. We're going to take our last break, and when we come back, we're going to shift gears down to South Memphis, and we're going to talk to somebody about a very important project uh, that he is working on. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Anita Ward, here to tell you a bit about my alma mater, Russ College, which supports the music of the Mid-South through its partnerships with WYXR. I've been known for singing since my days on campus, and I continue to sing Russ College's praises. Did you know Russ College offers 23-plus majors? Two new ones will be implemented this fall, Forensic Science and Religious Studies. For more information on admissions, enrollment, and activities, visit russcollege.edu. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. We've had a really Really good show tonight. Uh, a lot of great information uh, being passed forth, and I hope you all have appreciated it and enjoyed it to this point. We're going to shift gears now. We're going to talk about uh, an area of our of our city uh, that uh, has, has been neglected. Uh, I think it's very fair to say, um, you know, over the past several years. But there is uh, one man that I'm about to talk to who has a family history going back some ways that a lot of us can identify with. And he's also going to talk to us about a very uh, special uh, project that he is uh, launching. He is Archie Willis III. He's the founder and president of ComCap Partners. And uh, Archie Willis III, I'm very happy to have you on Real Talk. Thanks for coming in, man. 
Thank you, Chip. I appreciate the opportunity and look forward to the conversation. Yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, 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 if many people are listening, you know a lot of folks, obviously, but a lot of folks know you. But uh, your family uh, name goes back a ways here in the city of Memphis and uh, it was very, very well thought of as well. A.W. Willis, uh, the street that a lot of us uh, are aware of. That was your father. Am I correct? Named after your dad. That is correct. Okay. Yep. So, so um, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, upstanding uh, in your family. You have taken on, you were born and raised in South Memphis. And as you saw it, you know, in, in, its, in its heyday at one point in time, uh, but you've also seen where it looks now, uh, run down and, 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 and a, a bit troublesome. But you're trying to sort of recapture the old magic, I would say, with a project that you want to launch. Talk a little bit about the South Memphis Museum project that you're uh, behind? Well, sure. Um, as you said, I did grow up and lived on Mississippi Boulevard, which runs through the heart of, of South Memphis, mm -hmm. and spent the early, uh, through my uh, late teenage years before we moved to another part of the city. So grew up in the neighborhood. Uh, interestingly, though, we, I did not attend uh, the neighborhood schools. And that's because my oldest brother, who was two years older than I am, was one of the Memphis 13 that integrated the Memphis City School System. Oh, wow. Okay. So he, instead of going to La Rose, which was our neighborhood school, and literally two or three blocks around the corner, he went to Bruce. And uh, I followed him to Bruce. So we actually didn't go to neighborhood schools, but we were obviously very, very involved in the community, churches in the community and knew a lot of folks. Right. So from my perspective, you know, the museum, and I'm of the age where my, as you pointed out, my, my, my parents, my dad and mom were both very active in the civil rights movement. My dad was active politically, civically and in, in business as well. Mm -hmm. And as we age and as I age, and uh, the reality was that, gosh, that generation is leaving us. Mm -hmm. And as they are leaving us, there's a lot of information, a lot of history, a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom that's leaving with them. So it just dawned upon me that somehow I needed to try to figure out a way to retain some of that knowledge, retain some of that history, and to make it available to the next generation. I have uh, young adult kids, and although they are reasonably well informed about what happened, particularly with our family, right. there's a lot of things that happened in South Memphis that they're not really familiar with. So so based on uh, everything you just said, and talking about your family history and, and where you came up, uh, you wanted to launch this project. So talk a little bit about the museum project. What do you hope um, you know, this will do, uh, not only to the area, but also to, to have people remember uh, how special South Memphis is? So what we really hope the museum will do, the museum is still very, 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 very much in the formative stage. Sure. Uh, I'm a, in real estate development, consulting, finance business, not the museum business. So uh, as I tell people, this is a, a project of passion. So we're got a steep learning curve. <laughs> so we put the, we put forth the idea. We you know talked to a number of people about it. Everybody is very excited about the idea. Mm -hmm. So we really want to locate a small, what I call a small but impactful museum in South Memphis, where we can collect and display archives and um, memorabilia, just on anything we can find that showcases and displays and talks about 
the history of the city and the history of South Memphis, and frankly, the importance of South Memphis in the history of the city as, as, a, as a larger vehicle for our change in, in Memphis. So we want to put the whole, the museum in the, uh, what was at that time, Porter Junior High School. It most recently was the MLK Transition Academy, which was run by uh, now Memphis Shelby County Schools. Right. They closed the Transition Academy several years ago. So we're in the process of working with two nonprofits. One is which the nonprofit that will be the home of the museum, and then another nonprofit organization that will acquire this property that will get it renovated, and we will put the museum in part of the old Porter School, Porter, uh, school building. We were fortunate enough to develop a relationship with uh, MOSH, the Museum of Science and History, which mm-hmm. if you're old like me, was the Pink Palace back in the day. Okay. And they know the museum business, that's what they do. They have new leadership that's been around a couple of years and just fortuitously, the, the new leader, Kevin Thompson and I actually worked on some projects together in our prior lives. So we already had a, a degree of, uh, of a relationship already there. So he really took to the idea of wanting to help support this effort. And of course, as I said earlier, we really don't know a lot about how to do what we're trying to do. So we welcome the input okay. and the support of somebody that's in the business. And so we were in the very early stages of trying to put together the framework. We did create the organization, the South City Museum and Cultural Center. Yeah. We have a small board that we'll, we'll be expanding uh, soon in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. And we'll start an active fundraising campaign. We're already starting some schematic uh, 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 designs of the museum. We haven't gotten into the exhibit stage yet. We're really looking at the real estate. Our expertise is the real estate side. So we will certainly be a part of bringing the building or making the building available. And then we'll be working with Mosh and the greater community to start figuring out how to turn it into a museum. Just listening to you talk, and uh, for those of you who are just joining us, we are speaking with Archie Willis III, and uh, he is the founder and president of uh, ComCap Partners. And uh, he's talking about a museum a project. Now, for those of you uh, who are born and raised in Memphis, and I saw some notes here pop up on Facebook Live, uh, uh, several folks, uh, uh, grew up in South Memphis, and and, st- and and Lola did too, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of folks who are very interested um, and grew up, you know, during a time when that was just a, a wonderful place to live. And uh, folks like you and J.W. Um, uh, I can't think of J.W.'s last name all of a sudden, but um, uh, are, are, are doing projects, are trying to create, uh, stir up a little interest. Uh, in, in, in where we've been and how important that period of time was uh, in terms of. Uh, so so when, when this is all said and done uh, and, and you obviously off to a, to a great start, what do you hope uh, to accomplish with this museum? What do you hope it does uh, to the landscape uh, uh, of an area that, that has really been downtrodden in, in, in the last few years? So we want to accomplish a couple of things. Uh, first, uh, we are involved with the redevelopment of the former foot homes into Foot Park in South City. Right. So that that project is under construction. We'll, we're into the fourth phase of development. So it will create a totally new livable community, mixed income, affordable and market rate for 712 families. Okay. So right across the street, directly across the street is the old Porter uh, Junior High School or MLK Transition Academy, which is frankly, a very blighted structure. Yes. So at a very, very basic level, we hope to turn a blighted 
nuisance in the communities has been sitting there for several years into a community asset. In terms of the museum itself, what we really want to accomplish is providing a, a space for, again, this history to be displayed so that the generations of kids that live in South Memphis now, those that may have grown up and moved away or and want to come back, can really get a chance, particularly younger generations, to really appreciate what took place. When exactly. you start thinking about, I don't want to get into the names because you could spend a long, long time naming people and places and yeah. things yeah. and still leave, leave out a bunch of folks. Yeah. But the list of people, places, organizations that came out of South Memphis, it's off the chains, as, as they say. Yep. So a lot of these, a lot of the young folks today really have no knowledge, no history, no context of what greatness came out of South Memphis. There you go. So we want to bring that to them yeah. so they can see that, wow, this is, these folks came out of the same neighborhood that I live in. People talk about our neighborhood. You're right. You made the comments about it's been disinvested. Uh, uh, not a lot, a lot of investment or activity over right. the last decades. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to ch change that, build some momentum. Man. Hopefully some additional development will take place around yeah. the area. But the main thing is to bring a sense of history, knowledge, information, and ultimately pride yeah. to a generation of young folks who would hopefully take advantage of it and be inspired by those stories to go, go on to much greater things themselves and believe they can go on to much greater things. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I, and, and so I, I salute you uh, for, for, for what you're doing. And I, I just know that this is going to be uh, the start of something that is going to be very, very positive. Uh, Archie, I'm up against it, but I wanted to thank you very much for coming on the show tonight talking about this project. When I first saw it, I said, this is something we have to talk about. And I'm glad that you are behind it. And uh, as the time moves forward, man, let's let's stay in touch on this. Uh, keep us posted as to, you know, the development as, as, as things move forward. But in the meantime, thank you very much for taking time to come on the show tonight. I appreciate it. And I would definitely do that because we certainly want to get the word out to as many people as we possibly can. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Have a great evening. Thank you so okay. much. All right. All right. Archie Willis III, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what a way to wrap the, the show, talking about a very positive project that, that is coming to uh, South Memphis. And for those of you uh, who were born and raised and even live in South Memphis, South Memphis Pride is, is, is on the move. So as we wrap up uh, this edition of Real Talk Memphis and Lola plays us out, I uh, wanted to uh, say thank you to all of you who uh, contributed by checking us out tonight, whether it is on Facebook Live, whether it is on the radio or social media, subscribe to the show. And by the way, if you've not become a member, you need to check out the Real Talk Memphis radio show. If you like Real Talk, show. here's a way no, you can get wrong. involved. Do you have wrong, a show topic tease. idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest? Wrong. Somebody's talking when I'm talking. Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page, and uh, you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. Uh, I'm just waiting so for all this says, to get clear. Hang on, y'all. All right. Be right back. Okay, we don't want that. We, this is the close right here. Is this the close? You're listening to Real Talk with Chip Washington. If you're celebrating a birthday, okay. anniversary, or okay. special occasion, shoot him a note. He'll read it on the end. Okay. All right, anyway, we're about to say goodbye. But what I wanted to say was thank you all for being a part of the show. And subscribe to the Real Talk Memphis radio show fans page, okay? It doesn't cost you anything. Just become a member. Just go to the page and just say, I want to be a member, and boop, we'll make you a member. Make it easy for you. Next week is Pledge Week here at the big WYXR. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to introduce you to some of the talent that is already on this radio station, and we're going to ask you to give. 
contributing. You know, it costs to keep these lights on around here, and it costs to keep this mic working so, you know, I can broadcast when I come in on Monday evenings. Uh, so uh, for Lola and for Nicole, I'm Chip. It's been a great show, and uh, we hope that you'll join us again next Monday, same time, same station, and maybe we'll do it just a little bit better. So in the meantime, in between time, I'm Chip, and I'm out. Have a great week.